Happy Mother's Day. So glad today is, it's a beautiful day today, and I'm so glad to see all of you here this morning. There are many things that moms do to make us the adults we are today. And one of the things that I hope you noticed throughout that video was that that mom continually did one thing. She went back to the Word, and she went in prayer before God for her son. And today I want to encourage you of the importance that prayer, our prayer life has on our every days and to show you what you do today can make a difference in your tomorrows as well as the tomorrows of those around you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you, Lord God, for your word to come forth. I thank you, Father, that as we seek you and as we hear the word today that we would be able to pray prayers that produce great results for the kingdom and for the things that you have for us, Lord. I thank you for your, your presence and your power in this place. In Jesus' name. Okay, the title of this message this morning is Prayers That Produce. Now, how many of us want to have prayers that produce? Amen? Okay, we're going to explore how we can get our prayers to produce. Um, prayer in itself is, is, it's, the word is filled with prayer. If you look through the Bible, I mean, I went through to find out how many times prayer is listed and pray, it's over, it's hundreds of times. It is a continual theme throughout the word of God. I found this article this week by a man named Matthew Slick. He's a Christian apologist, and I really like what he had to say about prayer. He said this, Prayer is the practice of the presence of God. It is the place where pride is abandoned, hope is lifted, and supplication is made. Prayer is the place of admitting our need, of adopting humility, and claiming dependence upon God. Prayer is the needful practice of the Christian. Prayer is the exercise of faith and hope. Prayer is the privilege of touching the heart of the Father through the Son of God, Jesus our Lord. James says in verse 5, 16, chapter 5, verse 16, it says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We're going to focus on this word availeth here. The word avail means to produce or result in as a benefit, advantage, or gain. We all want our prayers to be answered, but sometimes we don't see the answers or the miracles or the changes that we are seeking and we're praying for. So how do we pray so that our prayers will produce? Because it says that our prayers will avail or they will produce a benefit. So let's go back to James 5.16 and let's break it down. In this verse, there are three keys that tell us how to cause our prayers to avail or produce. The effectual, praying effectually, praying fervently, and being righteous. And those things will bring, it, bring that availing to pass. The first thing is having that right heart. We have to have a right heart before God before we can go into his presence and pray. Righteous means morally upright, without guilt, or without sin. Psalm 66, 18 through 20 says this, If I had iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Our hearts need to be clean before God, before we can give him our supplications, before we can go before him in prayer. We have to repent of any area 
And sometimes there's little areas that hide that we don't even see. And those things are unforgiveness, doubt, and unbelief. Those things that hinder us and keep us from going forward to walk in that righteousness. We're called because all of us here are called to walk in righteousness. Is that correct? We are called the righteousness of God. And so we can be a righteous person going before our God. So have your heart right. Set your heart to be before, before him. Psalm 24, 3 through 5 says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So we want to have that right heart so that we will make sure that we are righteous before God because he says he makes us righteous, right? Amen. So once our heart is right before him, then we get into the effectual part of it. To pray effectually. And this word has always stuck out to me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go look this up. And, and when I first started getting this message, it was more of definitions. And I, I'm a teacher. I love to find out what words mean. I love the, the study of words and going back through the history of words. Because how many of you know the English language is the most complex language in the entire world? Because it is made up of so many other languages. So, you know, it really, it, it's, it's fun for me to explore that. But the word effectual means effectual or producing or able to produce a desired effect. So we want to have our prayers to produce and be, see that desired effect that we have. Now, there's a key to this, though, because God is amazing. But God is also an infinite God, and he's a mighty God. So the first way that I want to tell you, share with you on how we can pray effectually is to pray God's word. Praying effectually is praying God's word. God's word does not return void. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which it please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I want it, or I sent it. The Hebrew word here for void, I thought, is called rakom, and it means vainly, emptily, without effect. That's what that word void means. It means without effect. So if God's word, and he says it does not return void, then it is effectual. His word is effectual. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord told Jeremiah that he, had, he would hasten his word to perform it. And the Amplified says that the Lord told Jeremiah this. He said, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. God is watching his word. He's seeing what he has proclaimed through his saints through the years. And he's watching it so that he can perform his word. He will hasten it to come to pass. Hebrews 4.12 in the Amplified says this. And I thought this was just amazing because most of us know this scripture. If we've been walking with the Lord for a while, we're pretty familiar with this. For, um, for the, uh, it talks about the word being the two-edged sword and everything. But I wanted to share the Amplified today because I thought it was really empowering 
when you look at, the, the, look at it broken down. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. God's word is alive and it is effective. When you pray God's word, you will not see it come to, you, you, may, you will see things start to change. You will see things come to pass because his word is going to be performed. Praying God's word will become easier the more you read and study the Bible. If you don't know God's word and you don't study the Bible, you can't pray God's word. So essentially, to be a very effectual prayer, you need to be able to get into the word of God and open that and let it come alive in your life. And I find, you know, as, when I was a young Christian, I used to have little index cards. I would put them in my car. I would take them everywhere, have my pocket, memorize them at red lights, and, and really focus on getting the scripture into my mind and into my heart. But as I've grown older and studying the word and just reading it on a regular basis, I'm finding that as I pray, sometimes the word of God will just come forth. Matter of fact, most of the time when I do pray, I'm quoting scripture the entire time and not always realizing it. Not that I know the exact location of something, but I know what the word says because I have studied it and I'm pouring it in. And the more you study the word, the more it becomes in you. You know, the word says that we're to hide it in in our hearts. And we do that by studying. And believe it or not, the more you do that, whether you realize it, you are putting the word in you. And it will come out at the desired time that it is necessary to come forth to do what God has for that word for that day and for that time. When we pray God's word, we will not pray amiss. If you've, any of you have ever heard the term praying amiss, when we pray our own words, we are man. We are, you know, we, we make mistakes. How many of you have never made a mistake? No, I'm just kidding. I've made plenty. Ask my children. I'm the repenter. I go around, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said it like that, you know. Um, but we, we do. We make, make, make mistakes. And we can make mistakes even in our prayer time because we start to pray our own thoughts and we start thinking more along our lines. And it's not wrong to pray what's in our heart, but if we pray the word of God, we cannot go wrong. We cannot pray amiss, because, uh, pray amiss because his word does not return void. So praying the word of God will cause us to have effectual prayer. Praying effectually is also trusting God's will, praying his will. And this is Jesus gave us this example on the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about um, the Lord's prayer, thy will be done. And, and Jesus continually walked in that of praying God's will over his all the time. And this is the confidence 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, when I was in high school, many years ago, in this very place, um, I learned a song, and this is the, I got saved when I was 15 years old. And, um, so my freshman and the first half of my sophomore year, I was not, um, but we were, I was in choir, very heavily involved in music and there was a song we had to sing. And I think we sang it almost all four years that I, um, was here for auditions, but the song was called, Oh, rest in the Lord. Yes. 
you could sing Christian music 20 years ago in this school. Um, but we did. We sang it, and it was based on Psalm 37. And this song has stuck with me all, all these years. Even before I was saved, I was like, hmm, that's interesting words. Oh, rest in the Lord. It's from Psalm 37. Uh, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, wait a minute. We were just talking about praying God's will and praying his word, and we don't want to pray amiss. So how do our desires come into this? Because we all have things that we have in our heart that we want to see come to pass and we want to, to, to pray for. And as I've been meditating on this scripture, the, the word desire has changed for me. As I have been looking into serving the Lord and I've grown in him and I've changed over the years, my desires are starting to become more and more his desires. And I find that if you rest in the Lord and commit your ways to him, that the desires of our hearts, even though God puts things in us, those things that he's put in there, we begin to see his will overpowering our will and his desires become our desires. And then those things will come to pass because they're not just our desires, but they are God's. And God puts that in us. When you are praying righteously and you're praying his word, the desires that God has placed within you will come to pass. Um, Paul said that, My grace, or he was talking to the Lord. He said, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me. And you know, I started meditating on that word the other night because I tell you, this this has been a journey for me in my prayer life over the last two weeks because I've been praying for certain things and I don't, I haven't seen the product, the results, and we're going to get to it later, but I haven't seen the results that I'm expecting or the results that I desire or that I want to see. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you and everything else. All of my blessings are the icing on the cake. You know, we, we, we have something that people in this world don't have. And sometimes I think we forget when we're in our prayer times and we're seeking the answers to big things, little things, um, not so great things, you know, what, what have you, that we forget that we have the greatest, greatest thing in the world, which is his grace that he's changed us. And he wants to bless us. He wants to show himself strong. So he is going to bless us because his grace is sufficient and his will is perfect for us. He knows what we need. When we trust his will, we will get our desires. But they may come a little different than what we are thinking they will. How many of you know that we've prayed for something and you've seen an answer, and it did not come the way you thought it was going to come. How about a package? You, you order something, and you get it in the mail, and you're all excited. And you look at it, especially ordering online. How many of you order online? I do a lot of online ordering. And you see the thing on the, on the screen, and it looks like it's like huge, and it looks bigger. And it looks like it's going to be the coolest thing. And you get it in the mail, and it's this big, you know? I mean, you're, you're, you're sitting there going, well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. You know, Jesus, when he came to this earth, he did not necessarily desire to die. He didn't say, okay, I want to die. That wouldn't have been scriptural because, you know, he didn't, he didn't come here wanting to die. But what he did come here doing was wanting to do the will of the Father, no matter what it took. And so when he said those, those famous words in his prayer at Gethsemane, when he said, not my will, but thy will be done, he was ready to lay down, Lord, whatever it is you want to do. 
I will be obedient so that your will will come to pass. And that was the desire that God puts in us and each and every one of us. If we trust in his will, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the, the situation or the circumstance looks like, it will come to pass according to his will. And sometimes we think we know the best way for something to happen. But guess what? God is infinite and we are finite. We may not know and understand every little detail. And, um, a lot of you know that Danny and Sarah have been going through the last week with, with the baby being born, emergency C-section. I'm not going to go into it because they have a great testimony to share. But as you know, we were going through all of this, we were praying and interceding, and we had all of this prayer going out, prayer warriors, strong prayer warriors. And the baby had to stay past Sarah's release date. I'm going to tell you, be honest with you guys, I was discouraged. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. I'm praying effectually. I know I'm doing what, you know, we're praying the word. We're standing and trusting in you and knowing that your will is for this child to live and not die. And yet she's not going home yet. I don't understand. And yes, we can do that. We can ask God because we can see things not happening when we, when we think we know the best way. But one of the things Sarah shared with me the other day that I thought was really awesome is the day that they were checking out because they got to go home this week. Something happened in the NICU. There was another family in there. And, you know, Sarah, the whole time, she said, I know my baby is fine. The doctors even assured her almost the whole time that the baby was fine. They just wanted to make sure that, you know, she was okay. And it turned out she just was a little premature and just had a little extra growing to do. But Sarah knew because she had the peace of God that her baby was okay. Why it was taking so long to get out of the hospital, she didn't know. But the day that they left... They were able to minister to a couple who did not have that peace, whether their baby was going to make it or not. And, you know, sometimes we look at situations and we go, hmm, you know, God, I want this to come to pass. But then if we go and rush God's blessing and we go and rush God's answer and try to make it to come to pass, we will miss the whole picture. Because, see, God sees more than you do. He sees more than I do. He sees the whole thing. Now, my children will argue with me sometimes um, that they, especially as they've gotten older and they're seeing more of the world and they're doing things and learning more, but they'll sit there and tell me the best way to do something. They will insist on it. They will let me know that, no, mom, that's not the best way. This is the better way. Let me do it this way and I'll show you why it's this way. And I mean, we have gone round and round and I'm listening and I'll listen and then I'll show them another way, a better way, a faster way and an easier way. And they go, oh, you do know something I don't know. That's how God is with us. Sometimes we sit there and we say, God, I know the best way for you to answer this prayer. It's if I pray it like this and that I want to see this result happen in this time, in this way, this thing. And, you know, that's the best way for it to be done, Lord. Have have we ever really, I mean, think about it. Sometimes, and I think we do it subconsciously. But see, God is, prayer is not our thing for God to say, let me wave my magic wand and let me fix it all for you. Because remember what we said in that article, I said prayer is the practice of the presence of God. Prayer is us going before our Heavenly Father and communing with Him and growing closer to Him. So as we pray and seek His will, know that His ways are higher than our ways. Moms, trust God and trust His plan for your children. You want to pray God's word over them. You know, something I've started doing this school session, um, most of you know I'm homeschooling, 
And um, something I've done, and I was encouraged by somebody else, another great mom, but I've had my children confessing prayer every day. And I have them praying the characteristics of the Word of God over their lives. I am an obedient child. I am a kind person. My heart is toward, turned toward my brothers and sisters. And we, we repeat this to, you know, I say it, they repeat after me. I'm teaching them the power of praying the Word. They don't even realize they're praying the Word. But they are praying and they're beginning to, to do this. Now, I have seen a change in their prayer lives on a personal level as they have been confessing who they are in Christ according to the Word of God. And it is, it's awesome. It, it's, it's a blessing. So, moms, I encourage you, if you still have your children at home, teach them to pray and teach them to pray the Word. Teach them to pray God's will over their lives. And then you stand back and trust Him with their lives because He has a plan for them. There's nothing greater than claiming the promises of God over our children. Now, I wanted to share with you very quickly, there are some references that I have used in the past in my prayer, prayer time of praying the word. One of which, if you're familiar with, if you've been in this church for a while, you've seen this book before. And it's called the Scripture Key Manual. And I believe, David, do we have some of these out on the table? No. Okay, we do have some. If you're interested, I can get you a few. I think we have a few more. Um, in storage so we can pull these out but this is great it is scriptures according to topics so there's all sorts of things and there's even scriptures on prayer in here but there's there are prayer scriptures there are healing scriptures there are scriptures on um, patience and all anything pretty much you can think of that you need to work on and you need the word of god to pray through this is a great book another great resource Prayers That Avail Much by Jermaine Copeland. And at this point, I think there's a Prayers That Avail Much for anybody and everybody. There's teens, moms, women, men, all sorts of things. Um, again, this is prayers according to topics, and it's all praying the Word. There's nothing written in here that is man's thoughts. It's all the Word of God. So this is excellent. Stormy Omardian, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, she has the power of the praying parent. And apparently the newest... Um, release of that book has um, her children giving testimonies of the influence of her parents of their parents prayers throughout their growing up times and then the other one is praying circles around your children by Mark Batterson again another in, another great resource that we can learn and glean from because it is so important moms to pray for your kids and dads too we need to be praying for our kids the next thing the third key that's very important to see our prayer, our prayers produce is pray fervently fervent means exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling zealous and persistent now when i hear the word fervent it makes me think of fever and feverish and really pushing myself through and getting really emotional and and you know getting stirred up and that's okay to pray that way it's okay to have that, you know, that gut-wrenching prayer going on. But that's not what all fervent is about. And we shouldn't always just pray that way because our emotions can start to get in control and we start to pray our will, not God's will, and not pray fervently or not pray effectually because we're so consumed with praying so fervently that we forget to pray the word that God has for us to pray. But what I want to focus on with fervently is to pray persistently without ceasing and perseverance. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, 
and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We need to pray with that perseverance. We need to pray with consistency. And that means it might take a little bit of time. You know, we can have some great prayer times. I mean, when I was praying over river last week and there were several circumstances that I was praying and interceding on, I would feel such a release in the spirit. Like, it's good. It's all good. I'd have a peace about it. And it was great. And then I look and I was like looking for results and didn't see anything. Was I not praying effectually? Was I not praying fervently? Yeah, I was doing all of the above. But we're going to get to it in a minute about what the, the results may look like in effectual fervent prayer. The Amplified Bible for this verse in Ephesians says that pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. See, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to pray every minute, every second, every day, going around looking, you know, I got to pray, I got to pray, I got to pray. But to be willing to pray at the moment that it's needed, to be willing to speak the word over a situation, to come in faith and stand there. Because, again, we are righteous and we can walk in that and we can speak the word in due season and pray it. That's fervent prayer. You know, it's, it's being that persistent. And some of us have been praying for some things for a very long time. And this is the part of prayer that we have to hang on to the promises of God. Because, you know, his word is full of promises. That's what it is. It's a love letter to us, full of the promises of God for our families and for us. It's especially important during these trials when the things don't seem to be favorable that we need to pray with fervor, with urgency, and with faith and confidence that God's will will be done no matter what the circumstance. Just like Jesus did. He was a fervent prayer. He went before his father many times, and there was always a great outcome. Was it always the most beautiful thing? No, I can't say that the crucifixion was a beautiful thing. It was pretty graphic. It was pretty drastic. But yet it was a purposeful thing for us. And for me now, it is a beautiful thing. Because now because of that, I have God's grace, and I am redeemed, and I am saved. So I am grateful for that. But at the time... It did not look like it was going to be the greatest thing in the world, especially to his disciples who really still did not understand fully what was going on. Can you imagine being in that place? Here's Jesus praying fervently for God, your will to be done, not my will. And it ends up being crucified on the cross. Just think about that. I don't know how I would have responded. Would you be like Peter and deny? Would you be like John and run? It's, it's, it, and, or would you be like Mary and just sit there and watch your son die and cry at the cross? Anyways, just a thought. Matthew Slick also said this in the same article about perseverance and prayer. He said, we so often come to the Lord with legitimate requests for healing, conversions, and needs, and yet the answers we hope for often do not come. We wonder and sometimes doubt, yet we proceed persevere and praise God. We pray because we know that God hears us and because we desire to see results. We should, we should pray by faith, trusting God. We should pray consistently, trusting God. We should pray for healing, trusting God. We should pray for others, trusting God. And we should pray and when our, we should pray and when our prayers are answered or are not answered, remember this. If we knew what the Lord knew, we wouldn't change a thing. Is there such thing as unanswered prayers? Maybe. 
I'm going to go into there. Now let's talk about availing these prayers that produce. So if we have these prayers and we've prayed effectually and we've prayed fervently and we still don't see the answers that we're seeking, how is this availing? The word avail, again, we said means to produce or result in as a benefit or advantage again. God's word says our prayers avail much, but sometimes we don't feel like they even get past the roof, do we? And we're doing everything we're supposed to. It's not that we're sitting here just playing games with God. We're not. We're doing what we're supposed to do. So why does it feel that way? As I said earlier, I want to, the, the, the definition of avail means to produce a result in a benefit, advantage, or gain. And I want to share with you that I believe that there is an advantage and a benefit every time we come before God to pray. And every time that it is effectual and fervent, that we come before God and we are practicing the presence of God, something happens. When we were praying last week, and those of you who are praying for the different things that were going on in different people's lives, as you were praying those prayers, we may not see the immediate result, but there should have been a change in you. Because prayer changes us. And believe it or not, when we go into that presence of God and we're seeking his face, we should come out of there a little different every time. We should come out of there with the presence of God in our lives. We should come out of there in change, in a changed format. Um, prayer changes us. It, J- James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And this is what happens when we get closer to him. We change. Things that may have seemed important before may not have the same importance as they did when we get a God perspective on it. The more that we pray, the more we are changed to be like him. And this is why prayer is so vital for the Christian. Because isn't that what we want to be? We say more of you, Lord. Make us more like you. That we want to be like him. We can't be like him if we don't ever spend time with him. And so prayer will change us. Whether we see the results that we are looking for, it changes us. So it is still availing. That is availing prayer. That is producing prayer because you are still a product of that prayer life that prayer time, whether you see what's going on in the natural and the manifestations of the answers, there is change going on inside of you. The other thing that happens when we pray is peace. Peace also happens when we continually appeal to our great God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One way to know if our prayer life is effective is by the peace that we have in our hearts or by the peace we don't have in our hearts. When we aren't walking in peace, how effective is our prayer life? How effective are we praying? Are we getting that time one-on-one? You know, we've seen people over the years where they've gone through circumstances and trials and they're sitting there going, Lord, you know, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. And they have a smile on their face and you're looking at their circumstances going, I don't understand. How can you just smile over this? You know, your world's falling apart around you. Look at these great missionaries, some of these that we've studied in in history. They've had things going on around them, but yet they smile through it. They have the joy because why? Because they're spending time in the presence of God through prayer and they have the peace which passes all understanding. Do you have peace in your heart today? Are you trusting him fully, knowing that his will is good? Are you standing on his word 
God expects us to pray. He desires us to pray. He wants us to come boldly before his throne of grace so he can show himself strong. God is an availing God. And whether we understand everything he, he does and how he does it, that's not up to us because he does know best for us. And sometimes we do have to be pulled and stretched and go through some things for other reasons, whether it's for somebody else to be ministered because we're walking in the peace of God and we're able to share and experience things so that they can say, I want that. Or whether it's for us to know and grow closer to the Lord and, and see the things that are hidden in our hearts that may need to be changed. We don't always know why the availing doesn't look like we want it to. But it's okay because God is greater. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman does avail. And I want to encourage you this morning, if there is any place in your life where you have felt like you have not prayed effectually and you have not prayed it like James is talking about, this effectual, fervent prayer, and you don't see the produ producing results in your life, in your personal life, you don't have that peace, then I want to open up this altar to you this morning. I want you to know that God wants to give that peace to you. There's some of you have been praying for things for many years, situations and circumstances, and you know what? God is in control of even that. He's in control of your children, moms. You don't need to worry about it. It may take a lifetime to see the answer to a prayer, but God is in the lifetime business. He is here all the time, forever and always. He is yesterday, today, and forever, and he is not leaving that, that one prayer that has gone up. If it has been from the heart of God, it will come to pass. His word does not return void. We can stand firm and know that, so do not give up on those prayers. Do not give up. Don't be inconsistent. Be persistent. Continue in those prayers, fervently knowing that his plan will prevail. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord God, that the peace of God would come into our lives as we begin to seek you and follow after you and pray, pray for those around us, pray for others, pray for um, the, th the situations in our lives, but pray, Lord, so that we would be changed to be more like you, so that we can practice the presence of the living God that we can get into a place of anointing and power that we have never walked into, a place of peace and tranquility and hope and confidence and faith in you. Father, as you develop us to be great prayer warriors, encourage us to walk in a lifestyle of prayer, Lord God, that we would not forsake coming together with you. You are the, gi the giver of all of our answers. You are the giver of all of our miracles. And I thank you, Lord, that we would commune with you and not seek just out those answers, but we would seek you, the giver of them. And I thank you, Father, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you right now. I thank you guys for listening to this and that you will walk in productive prayers this week. As you go and you pray, be released to pray fervently, effectually, so that your prayers will produce.